musical podcast and the perfect end note to your week. Joining me as always is the St. Lunatics to my Nelly, the Buckethead to my bloated Axel Rose, Rob Christofferson. Rob, how are you? Great. I, I'm glad that you placed me as Buckethead in that uh, lineup uh, because my, my guitar zero, uh, skills are null and uh, they have just skyrocketed to expert level on Guitar <laughs> Hero, so I appreciate that. Right, so you are going to be uh, wearing like um, some kind of weird KFC bucket on your head. You are ready to solo and to like do weird things. And uh, allegedly, Buckethead also like had a chicken coop. Like that was one of the many things that was weird about him. Interesting. I dig that hustle. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. And, uh, you know, it, it is slightly weirder. I will give it that. Slightly weirder. You're wearing that bucket. You got the coop. What do you do with the bucket when you're not wearing it? <laughs> Correct. Like, is there a bucket, like a bag? You know, is there a suitcase for bucket? Yeah. Um, is that thing, is it plastic? Is it laminated? W- what's going on with that bucket? I was curious to know, like, during the uh, the time that uh, Buckethead was in Guns N' Roses, whether or not, uh, like, there was a handler for the bucket, like, how many buckets you had on hand to make sure that, like, you know, if you're in the middle of an, a European tour and KFC is not very prevalent, then, like, what do you do then? Fuck. That's a good question. Uh, you, you have to improvise. You have to come one up. One of the many nightmare scenarios. Speaking of nightmare scenarios, our topic this week is one that I know that you and I were going to get probably a little mad about and most definitely... Uh, miffed at so as long as there have been music there have been music critics and as long as there's been music critics there have been the listing of your favorite kinds of music and uh the allegedly venerable institution of rolling stone has just updated their greatest uh their 500 greatest albums list so originally they had put this out in 2003 and now you know there have been many changes in the musical landscape and since then they felt like a revisit and a reordering was in order, so they asked uh, uh, another batch of like uh, musicians uh, to sort of submit their favorite tunes, as well as a bunch of uh, Rolling Stone staff members. So Rob and I uh, spent some time, I don't want to talk about how much time, because it would anger me to know that I spent more than a minute looking at this, but uh, we're going to detail three good, three bad things about this list, as well as five releases that people should check out that aren't necessarily ranked from 1 to 100, sort of like the more, uh, I don't want to use the word obscure because it's all relative here, but uh, the more... Uh, you know, earlier entries in the list. So, Rob, my first question to you is, when did you first become disillusioned with Rolling Stone? Because I have a very specific memory in mind. I think it was around the time that this list initially came out in 03. I'm just like, look at these polarizing motherfuckers. You really coming to the table with this kind of energy. Okay. And uh, I read it, and, you know, the obvious choice was uh, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, which... Uh, is probably any music, like, not any serious music critic's top choice. Let's be honest. If that's on the top of your fucking list, you you don't take yourself seriously. You are just fucking, you, you like to ride the line. You don't like to veer into more adventurous territory. That's, that's who you are. We see you, and we hate you. <laughs> Using the analogy you did at the beginning of the episode, I feel like this is like a, you're using tabs to learn, uh, like, smells like teen spirit, like, in terms of musicality. Yeah, exactly. That is that's, that exact kind of energy that is brought to the original list, and, uh, fuck, man, this, this list is slightly better. 
um slightly i say slightly you know with a with a heavy heart but um yeah, yeah fucking lists like these are designed to piss people off correct um so for quick reference in 2003 the top 10 albums uh in uh descending order were yeah sergeant pepper's Lonely hearts club band pet sounds revolver high 61 revisited rubber soul what's going on exile on main street london Connolly, blood on blood and the white album so four showings of the beatles and two uh dylan albums in the top 10 in 2003 yeah it was a uh it was a lame duck list that's for sure i am perfectly well with uh disregarding this list the first time i remember being like patently angrily disillusioned by rolling stone on a very visceral level is when i think this was in 2008 when they put the black eyed peas on the cover of uh an issue of rolling stone and called them the future of rock and roll now fuck um you know i that that is one of the worst things that i've ever heard i'm glad i didn't see this cover and quite frankly i'm disgusted i'm annoyed it it was pretty brutal i was uh i remember like i my family had kept renewing my Rolling Stone subscription as like a Christmas present every every year for the last like uh, three or four years. And I remember that point, I told my mom like, "Forget it. It's it's okay. Just it's better to burn your money at this Did point." Did you tell her how disillusioned you were with the magazine at that point? <laughs> I don't, yeah, I did generally. I don't think she would have understood the intricacies of, like, what made me so angry about the Black Eyed Peas, though. Yeah, well, I mean, the Black Eyed Peas just piss everybody off, let's be honest. Uh, not to say that they haven't put out some bangers here and there, but uh, quite frankly, they're a safe choice for anything. I do believe that the song I Got a Feeling is actually a, uh, a doorway to hell. It very well could be. It's a. It's like a thirst trap. It really is. Yeah. <laughs> it's luring yeah, you. For, for like for like once again for like baseline music listeners right yeah yeah absolutely it's uh it's the safe choice oh it's the safe choice all right rob let's get into let's start with the good i think the good is a good way to go about this in terms of being diplomatic so what is the the first good thing about this list that you're able to sort of like suss out uh this list is more way more inclusive than the original list was there's a lot more uh rap albums and albums from different genres than there was the last time last time it just it felt like they were picking these albums that are legendary and this time there's you still have a lot of that, but there are also choices that made me think, oh, interesting. Like the the one uh, Anita Baker album that's on here, which is amazing, Rapture. It's a hell of an album. I'm honestly surprised to see it on this list, and it's definitely worthy of being on this list. Uh, but yeah, just the inclusiveness of this list uh, is one thing that um, I, I do appreciate, especially in the uh, the top ten this time. Yeah, I definitely do uh, agree with that. I was just, I was thinking in sort of like writing this list too about ideas about um, you know what the the popular um, canon of works looks like, and as well as like um, traditional gatekeeping, right? Because traditionally a lot of uh, music journalists and reviewers are you know white males, right? So what does the white male gaze look like? And the list from two thousand three definitely points that. Whereas the feel now it is a little bit more diverse in terms of like who to include and in what jars they've included. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just uh, a smorgasbord. Honestly, if you like. If you lived under a rock for the last, like, 20 years of your life and you have never listened to music before, I would honestly say this is probably a good list to send people to if you really want to get a good range of music that, like, you could find appealing in, in anything. And, like, 
it's got your typical Rolling Stone kind of uh, flair in terms of like you know serving up ownership. I really didn't expect to see John Mayer on this list, and what do you know? There's a John <laughs> Mayer album on here, and you know they did pick the best John Mayer album uh, solely based on the musicianship around it, and you know like anytime Charlie Hunter's featured on an album, I I used to go nuts for that shit. I mean, he's got his own like guitar bass fucking combo that he designed himself. So yeah, you know, good on him. <laughs> My first one is uh, the fact that it is a list. It is formatted in a chronological order from number 500 to number one. This is good and orderly. This is pure Brian content right here. This is like peak Brian fucking like clerical work. Brian, just like right here. This is office Brian right now. Yeah, yeah. Also, just the fact that, like, uh, this shows you how much good I, I was able to sort of, like, find in this list right now. So, on a 1 to 10 rating, how um, how desirable is this list to you to be faxed to you one uh, album at a time? Faxed to me? Like a 4. A f- I, would love, I would love a fax a day for, like, a year and a half. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. That is, that is completely fair. Uh... Would it be the highlight of your day, or would it be like the email that you unsubscribe from? And no, I w- I would accept it into my life. So this is like the the subscription all over again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> amazing. Fucking. Just amazing. like very pointed content, though. Um. So l- let's talk like formatting and fonts what did you think of that brian what did you think of the formatting and fonts of this list i thought the formatting and the fonts were okay the uh incessant ad insertions yeah. were very annoying i had uh, keeping up with the kardashians for um we have a streaming service here in canada that uh, is just serving them up as well as uh, one of those food box services so uh, it, it screwed up all of the formatting on the page every time i've looked at it in the past week so you know what it's fine i don't blame the writers i blame the web devs i totally blame them i've had Apple Music shoved down my throat for a week and a half, and I'm not happy about it. <laughs> Rob, what is your second good point about this list? Uh, man, my second good point about this list. Um, the actual uh, uh, point I wanted to make is that the top ten is actually good, I would say a good representation of what this list is. Uh, it, and in the fact that it's actually all of them are good selections. Like there's no dud in the top 10 that doesn't deserve to be there. Do you, do you have the list at hand here? Do you want me to run it down? I, I, I got it. I've got it okay. right here. So at number 10, uh, we have the miseducation of Lauren Hill by Lauren Hill. Uh, number nine is blood on the tracks by Bob Dylan. Number eight is purple rain by Prince and the revolution. Of course, we have rumors. Uh, you, if you don't have three copies of this album at home, uh, you are a fucking noob, and you need to up your game. Uh, it's Correct. A, uh, I mean, it's a Fleetwood Mac classic. It, it Dreams is now back uh, in the Billboard Hot 100 due to a TikTok that blew up, and uh, you know this. It, it just won't die. Fleetwood Mac won't die, and that album won't die either. Uh, number six, we have Nevermind by Nirvana. And uh, at number five, Abbey Road by The Beatles. Number four, Songs in the Key of Life by Stevie Wonder, which I think is a bold choice, but it is a worthy fucking choice for number four. Just a, uh, like, 
a double album that does not get old. It's it's just so Agreed. good. So good. Uh, number three, Blue by Joni Mitchell, the album that Taylor Swift wishes she had uh, recorded. That's what I like to call it. Uh, number two, Did Not Change, It's Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys, which uh, I'm just going to say Brian Wilson couldn't write lyrics to save his life, but uh, this album is an engineering masterpiece. And uh, number one, What's Going On by Marvin Gaye. Totally deserving of the title of the uh, hottest, of the hot 500 albums of all time. Uh, just given the fact that uh, everything that he's talking about uh, is pretty much still fucking happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, the good and the bad news there, right? Yeah. Yeah, that is uh, the... Um, hmm. Yeah, it's... Um, so to me, the most dramatic thing is that, you know, so yeah, Marvin Gaye going from six to one, but the Beatles, Sgt. Pepper is going from one to 24. Yeah. And uh, I think Sgt. Pepper's has kind of reached that fucking point where people are so fucking sick and tired of it. It's it, it finally got to the point where people realized how good the song A Day in a Life is, and uh, they just overplayed the fuck out of it. And I think... Abbey Road has kind of reached that point where it's just like elevated. Everybody is fucking at the top of their game on Abbey Road. The fucking Harrison songs are on fucking point. And, uh, you know, there's not too much of that Ringo bullshit. Not too much. You know, just, <laughs> just a tiny bit, but like not overwhelming. Like uh, on the White Album, that shit's overwhelming. Gonna say that. Something else, too, is Nirvana going into number six, right? When it was officially uh, in 2003, I think. Yeah, okay. It was number 17 originally. Now it's number six. I'm wholly fine with that. Do I ever want to listen to it in the near future? No. I am so burnt out on every single one of those songs. But I'm glad that it's there. Yeah, I think it's good to recognize the legacy of an album that I think has influenced pro a fuck ton of artists. Let's, let's be honest. Has uh, generated... A uh, has has sprung forth a band that is still beloved today in uh, the Foo Fighters, and uh, it's just the production on that fucking album is still fucking top notch. Uh, you know, fucking Butch really brought it with this album, just um, through and through. It's one that if you're still listening to it today, you're eventually gonna get tired of it. I'm not gonna lie. You're, yeah. You're, uh, similarly, one of my points too was um, the top twenty or twenty-five. I feel are, are vo more representative. Like I loved that Kanye West album. I still love it. I'm glad it's there. Tip and Butterfly and Kid A. I'll still listen to any day of the week. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I I like that there are newer inclusions uh, in this list, and we we'll, we will touch on some of the newer stuff uh, because it's going to be one of my gripes. But uh, I definitely. Yeah, uh, fucking the top 25 really is, uh, it's fucking great. It's fucking great. Like, I'd even argue the top 50, but the, the top 25 I'm more solid in their placement in, let's say, right? Versus like the like 26 to 50, I can kind of, depending on how I feel, slide in, slide out things. So, and, you know, this is my first hot take of the episode, but I don't give a fuck about Bob Dylan. So, you know, seeing him here is, is fine. I'll live. I understand where he is in the great pantheon of music and things, but I just, I don't care. I think nobody cares at this point. They're just, like, you have the legacy albums. You can go listen to them if you want to. You can go wear out your copy of Blonde on Blonde, uh, and that's fine. 
That's totally fine because, uh, to be honest, I think the uh, lower end, uh, at least as this uh, list goes, Bob Dylan is honestly some of the best. I could go listen to Love and Theft, Theft right now, and it's perfectly fine. It's a it's a great album on its own, but uh, even in like like most of the, I think at least half of the top fifty, I just don't give a shit about anymore or want to listen to and i think yeah. that's that goes it, it addresses the fact that these lists are made for two people people who are comfortable in their own listening diet and don't really need to go and explore this and to people who haven't found music like this before i, I it thrills me to see uh Aquemini and at number 49 because it's totally fucking worth it. it. Especially, like, it it edged out the fucking blueprint. So uh, fucking amazing. And just the the representation on this list is uh, totally worth it. I mean, Sign of the Times just got, like, the fucking reissue of Super a lifetime. Deluxe, yeah. Like, eight fucking hours of material, people. If you want that much material out of what I would argue is Prince's best album, uh, you know, and, and I know that uh, Purple Rain is pro is like taking the the tops of his work, but Sign of the Times is like fucking like in in terms of just songwriting, engineering, and all that stuff. I think it just elevates it a, a little bit. L look at the first track alone, right? Like, oh fucking a, dude, fucking a. It's just it's also good. It's also good. Um. What what is uh, what is another thing that you liked about this list, Brian? And uh, is, is it going to be another on point? Um, I <laughs> like in the office, Brian selection here. No, no, no. So I, my last good point is there seems to be a fair representation from all decades on this list. So if, um, I was looking around on the internet, and so of the five hundred eighty six of these are from the twenty first century. So I feel like there were some really great selections, like your favorite album from last year made it on here right yes. so you know as well as like SZA, Drake, um, the Arctic Monkeys Am from 2012 so I feel like there is a good cross-section here of newer fare to enjoy as you're saying and, and that's one of my sort of like bad points that you kind of briefly touched upon is like it's this list is designed for like very specific people yeah yeah absolutely 100% just uh, I, I think if um, if you're like curious about this list and you really want to give it a shot, see what's on it, start at 500, don't start at, like, 1, because, like, again, you're getting, like, these legacy albums, by and large. Uh, there is there is no album in, like, the top 25 that can't or hasn't been able to stand on its own two feet. I think the only one that really stands out in terms of, like... You know, when you go through and you look at the legacy of all these albums, is um, I Never Loved a Man the Way I Love You by Aretha Franklin. Like, that album is amazing. I think you could probably juxtapose a few different Aretha Franklin albums in there if you really wanted to. Honestly, you could have put Edda James at last in there and it would be yeah. fine. Yeah. Um, either way, still, yeah, like, seriously start at 500 because you know it starts with a band that brian saw on the come up you know in montreal so um definitely <laughs> you should start there 
Rob, what is your last good point before we get into the real reason why we're here? Um, well, that, that's a good question, Brian. And, and, and to be honest, I didn't really have anything uh, for my third good point. Because I think like the points have mostly been made. I don't... It's a list in a, in a dumpster fire year yeah. that... Uh, I don't know. It's like... We're we're a couple months out from like the best albums of the year kind of lists coming out, and uh, I think that the one thing that I, I I really appreciated about this is that they were willing to go back and update it, like like the yeah. i that idea because if you look at that list in the original list in 2020, it is fucking old, it is fucking antiquated, it is the um the safe fucking white dudes fucking list but this list and the fact that it's updated is uh the the best thing that could have ever happened to it and uh there are definitely some bolder choices here and i appreciate that because let's be honest most of the albums that are probably on this list got three and a half stars originally from rolling stone there's no doubt about it yeah, it'd be very interesting to see how they reacted originally to a lot of these records versus, uh, you know, how their placement is on the list, too. I'd be super interested in knowing that. That is a very time-intensive thing that I'm not willing to undertake, though. If somebody wants to do that uh, uh, for us and, you know, send us an email or fax Brian up in Montreal. Yeah, go ahead. My fax line is open. Yes, his fax line is always open. Uh, Thecodacast at gmail.com. Hit us up. <laughs> it's just, like... I think for most of these albums, uh, you're probably not going to be able to find much, especially for the, uh, I don't know, your 1960s albums and such. But, uh, you know, if you really are feeling adventurous, just just do the work for us. I don't don't want to. Yeah. Or like look at one of the first Rolling Stone album buyer guides, right? Yeah. To sort of figure out how they originally felt a lot about these works. Yeah, because uh, like like I've said... uh, they gave uh, Jeff Buckley's Grace, I think, originally three stars, and it's like number one something on this list, I think. So uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it, it's Rolling Stones, normal shenanigans. At least I at least you two is not overly hyped on this thing. Yes, which I'm very very excited about. But Rob, let us get ready to talk some shit. I'm gonna I'm gonna kick things off, okay? So for me, Rolling Stone's always horny for trying to like crown like new pop kings, and this is no exception with uh, entry number 491, which is Harry Styles' Fine Line. I don't care. Uh, his songs are fine, but are they amongst the greatest of the 500 greatest albums of all time? I don't think so. So I have this, um, and this is gonna kind of bleed into my thing. Um, I think you need to give albums a time to ferment before you can honestly call them the greatest of anything. Uh, For me, that threshold is five years. And I think what makes an album the quote-unquote best is your ability to return to it time and time again. And maybe not necessarily grab something new from it, but just to throw it on and enjoy it and not wear it the fuck out. Granted, most of these albums can be worn the fuck out. Uh, But to me, some of these albums just didn't have enough time to fucking ferment to really do that. Um, I will say I listened to Fine Line today for the first time. 
Brian, that that album, uh, fuck it. It has no business being that good. I'm just gonna say that right <laughs> the fuck now. It has but, okay, no business does, being does it that good. To be, does it deserve to be here though? No, no. I no. Yeah. It, it's it came out late last year. I I will say this. I enjoyed that album. I'm going to listen to it again this week. I guarantee. And I think what I liked about it so much is that he's he's blending these uh, nostalgic like 60s and 70s and 80s fucking sounds, but it doesn't sound old. It sounds like him. It sounds modern. It sounds it sounds good. Like I I I almost feel ashamed for liking that album. I, I, fuck watermelon Own sugar. Own it. Fuck watermelon sugar, though. I, I will say that. I, yeah, I can't, I can't take it anymore. No, no, uh, I, I can't either. But there are albums here that just, I, I don't. They, they need more time. Or I, I, I'm sorry, but I don't see Billie Eilish on this list. Um, you know, when we all fall asleep, where, where do we go? I, just, it's not, it's not there yet. No, it's not there yet, and I don't even know. If it will fucking get there yet. I've listened to the album a fair amount over the last like yearish, let's say. And like it's I yeah, it's it's another one of those that I don't feel is uh deserving of the top five hundred necessarily. Uh I, w- I assume that uh melodrama is not on your list of the top five hundred <laughs> albums of all time. It is not. Okay. I apologize to uh Lord and whoever else out there uh, uh stands her, but no. Uh, I do stand her. I did I do enjoy melodrama, but uh I definitely don't I don't I don't see it being on this list, you know, it's just But it's like one of these it's one of these like token releases that everyone loves and then like quickly forgets about, right? Yeah. No, that's that's totally fair. Kind of like um Carly Rae Jepsen, like Yeah. Yeah. Totally banger releases and then it's just eh if it, it falls back in the fold. And Carly Rae Jepsen did not make this list, Brian. I know. I know. And is she going to take in Harry Styles' place? No problem. Yeah, absolutely. That, that spot was interchangeable. Um, Emotion would have been great. And, and personally, I think that uh, Funeral by Arcade Fire is ten times better than fucking Fine Line. But um, Yes, which is weird as to why it ends up 500 not in the, you know, in the... I, I was picturing it ended up in the 300 somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. Um, honestly, I don't, I, I don't see Funeral as their best album. And uh, I feel like they could have chosen something different to include from there i i would have been happy with neon bible or the suburbs yeah same i mean any of those three are are sort of like it for me yeah yeah absolutely um so rob talk your shit oh fuck um a lot of the things that i hate about this list is just where things are placed and just um watching something get deemed better than something else especially when they're right next to each other and i and i told you i i I literally wrote this down as my in my notes and i said how is get rich or die trying better than nielsen smearson like there's there's no fucking way are you kidding me the guy that gave us without you and then in the next song gave us the coconut fucking song you're telling me he in the club is better 
The guy. No, that 50 Cent song, Many Men, is pretty good, though. Let's be honest. Uh, okay, okay. That's 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 <laughs> it for me, Brian. questions, right? Oh, that's it? Okay, but here's the problem. The only songs that they fucking remember from that is In The Club. And what is yes, In The absolutely. Club? It's a song about a woman's birthday and 50 Cent making it about himself. Like, true, That true. is the most bullshit song. Honestly, if you think that's a good song, fuck you. I'm just, I'm just going to say, <laughs> fuck you. It's a bullshit song, and it's not good. And I had to hear it every single fucking time my best friend put in a mix CD in his goddamn truck. I hate that fucking song, Brian. I will never not hate it. Similarly, I wanted to talk my shit about the, yeah, the odd votes on there. And, and there was one in particular that like super confused me. And that is, of course, the placement of the Beast Boys License to Ill in the Year of Our Lord 2020 being ahead of Check Your Head. Yeah. Okay, like, License to Ill is great, but like, where's the LL Cool J in this then? And that, if that's what you are trying to represent. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Just not making sense at all. And like, for me, for me, Brian... Why? Why is in Rainbow Solo on this fucking thing? That that that's no no. You you needed to jack that up. And also, I mean, this is just me, but I could I I would personally be changing the position of uh, Kid A and uh, OK Computer just because I think OK Computer is slightly better than Kid A. I think Kid A has reached the point where it's just like blown out of proportion. Yeah, I mean, it's a perfectly serviceable album, but, and, like, yes, it is probably top 50 in my mind, too, but at this point, I would probably do the same. I mean, like, Kid A, don't, it don't miss, dude. It doesn't miss at all. I, it's the only Radiohead album I own on vinyl. And it's the only yeah, radio. Yeah, it's the only one I've downloaded on my, on my phone on a regular basis. Yeah, exactly. It's just, fuck, it was so goddamn weird. It was so weird, and then, like, fucking, um, man, it was just ruined. It was ruined by stupid, like, 9-11 goddamn conspiracies. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Chuck Losterman. Yeah, fuck you, Chuck Losterman, and your goddamn bullshit conspiracies. You are... Obligatory. You are on the shit list next to, like, Alex fucking Jones and Eric Von Donikin and all those other bullshit people and the Pizzagate bullshit. Speaking of people getting mad at Rob, uh, my goal now is to get blocked by the guy from Trapped, and yes. I'm working on it. I uh, once every two to three days, I'll reply to a tweet of his. Um, they're going to get more and more deranged as I continue. I think. I hope so. I hope they become fully unhinged. So, uh, folks, uh, to give you an update on the uh, Coda Challenge, we did achieve our goal of being blocked by Travis Tritt, and we did it all in one tweet. Uh, I think we just got him on a day that he was actually responding to shit, and uh, you did send me a tweet of Travis Tritt responding to uh, people that are pissed at him lately, so uh, that yeah. he is yeah. on full view, people. He's on full view. I would encourage you all to get blocked by Travis fucking Tritt. Yeah, Travis Tritt and uh, Chris Brown Taylor, the singer of Trap, who runs the... Uh, Official trapped account on Twitter uh, with his nonsense views and, uh, you know, telling me that the Proud Boys are not a white nationalist group. Interesting. Yeah, very, very interesting. The same individual, you know, they're making so much money off those streams and yet they can't afford to pay the guy that made their music video for them, you know? Yeah, and that was a pretty modest sum of, of a couple of thousand. It wasn't, it wasn't a huge amount of money here. No, it wasn't. But, it, you know, it was just the poll, the, the fucking poll. So fucking a brian um 
this there are there are albums on this list that uh, from artists that just don't belong here. Uh, one of them is Jesus. Get fucking Jesus off this goddamn list. You don't. That need... was very confusing to me. Yeah, it, it very very fucking confusing. And like, w- you don't need to suck Kanye's dick that much. You don't. I'm sorry. You don't. It, especially that and 808s and Heartbreak. Why? Why? I mean, I can kind of see why 808s because it kind of popularized the like the emo rap movement. I don't know. If so the, I could I could kind of see it. Yeah, but, but like <laughs> I would switch. I would definitely put the life of Pablo on there before uses. Yeah. Oh fuck yeah. Absolutely. Fucking. Uh, where's fucking Kid Cudi then? No, I'm sorry. We got the bullshit Kid Cudi album on this list. Brian, Brian, <laughs> Brian. <laughs> why? Uh, why? Why? I don't know why. I don't know how mad I'm gonna there. I really don't. I who 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 voted for that? I want to know. Who voted for that? Name and shame. Yeah. You, the, the, Rolling Stone, I want the fucking receipts. I need to see who fucking voted for that album because that is the bullshittiest pick of bullshit picks. Especially when he was involved in fucking the one of the best fucking projects that he's ever been involved with the year before. Are you fucking kidding me? I would have accepted. <laughs> I would have foregone the five-year rule for that fucking album. God damn it. See, I agree with you there. I I wholly agree with you. It's, it's such a weird uh, choice. Like, uh, did Jesus really resonate? Also, Random Access Memory, speaking of Jesus, because Daft Punk, uh, n- good album, top 500, fuck off with that. Yeah, no, no, seriously. Fuck off with that. Kids see ghosts, though? Fuck it, I will take that all day long. All day long. Yeah, I would too. Put it on there. Put it on the fuck. Well, you know, you know what we're gonna do. We're gonna scratch out that other album. We're gonna put it on there. That's this is this <laughs> just, is how we just personally graffiti the website. Yeah, yeah. No, this. I'll is, get Russian hackers into it. Please get the Russian hackers and get them out of our voting booths, Brian. Please, <laughs> please. <laughs> that is a tall order that I'm not sure I'll be able to help you out with. Let's. Uh, I'll be honest with you. Well, that's that's why I did an absentee ballot this year. <laughs> there you go. I feel like this is a really bland list, Rob. Going back to what you were saying in the beginning, it, it, this all seems perfectly in line with the sort of like populist fair, like that. Mm-hmm. The and the occasional like throw in like indie darlings, like for example, like they threw in uh, some of the SST albums, like uh, Black Flag and Husker Du. But it just it seems to just appease a to the purists. It's not really like a decision they've done to sort of like highlight something new and exciting that's worth being part of the pantheon. Yeah, exactly. Because lists like this can like. If you do them right, they can excite people to go check out an album. And yeah, definitely, like, you know, the the hardcore scene got more love uh, than uh, the metal scene. Metal got... So that that was actually my bonus point, actually, yeah. Yeah. that I wanted to make, is that uh, it's a personal gripe, but Heavy Metal barely makes the list, with Metallica being the highest rated at 97 Master of Puppets. Yeah. And then you have uh, 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 Black Sabbath Master of Reality and Paranoid, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's pretty much it. Um, uh, Brian, how do you feel about a Daddy Yankee album? On this? <laughs> this is fine. This is this is fine. Are I mean, I understand. Sh- I understand why it's there. I understand. You know, you're trying to hit all of the check boxes and musical genres, so I get it. So, is the Daddy Yankee album just like the token album that needs to be there? I think so. Yeah, I I agree because it's like what in the 400s or something like that. It's just yeah. like um. And it's hard not to look at the way these things are ranked and then 
go back and say, wait, why is this rank so high and this so low? It just makes no fucking sense. And then you realize, well, it's all fucking voting here. Um, no. No, this is, this is, this is some bad tallying here, man. This is some bad tallying. Like, there are, there, and there are albums that, on this list that I can do without. I don't need Odyssey and Oracle by the Zombies on here. Why? Yeah, I mean, like, I'd, I'd much rather would have had a Greatest Hits collection that was, like, well compiled. Well, that's also the thing, too, is, like, how many people are phoning it in with Greatest Hits albums on this list? So there, there's a bunch of people on here like this because, and I get it, there aren't, uh, it's not like Buddy Holly had, like, albums out the ass or um, Al Green. Like, Al Green really is known for having a Greatest Hits album. Nobody gives a shit about his other albums, like his actual albums. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and, and so like, I, I feel there is a place for Greatest Hits albums, that's fine, and one of the biggest anthologies here is the uh, the Nuggets one, right, which is like the five or six CD retrospective of like garage rock in America. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, know what, you, you know what one I'm honestly surprised to see here is uh, Boogie Down Productions, Criminal Minded. <laughs> I know, I know. I would love to know who voted for that in a good kind of way for once. Yeah, I do, because it's definitely worthy of being on this list. I don't know if I'd put it at 239, but uh, definitely worthy of the fucking list. Yeah, coming back to one of my points, actually, the 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 heavy metal thing. I'm kind of mad that Slayer's Rain and Blood's nowhere um, amongst the, the top 500, right? Yeah, so. it should be. It should completely fucking be on here. Yeah, like even replace Harry Styles with Slayer. It's fine. Yeah, fuck. We we could have done without him. Like, um, uh, also, um, because we're we're getting into the like uh, nitpick here section. Why is Rihanna's anti at 2:30? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like, I think it's a good album. Don't think it's a the two hundred and thirtieth best album of all time. Would you have put a Rihanna album on here anywhere? Yeah, yeah, I, th- I, I, I think Rihanna's great. I, I do. Um, I think she's a great singles artist. I don't know that she's a great uh, albums artist. I think Auntie is the closest yeah. that you will get to that, but. It's the singles that you go back for. I agree. Like, so, like, if she had a Greatest Hits album, not that Greatest Hits albums are really anything anymore, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. The very, the very, like, peak Rolling Stone is having Tame Impala in the upper 300s. Like, that to me is, like, such a non-plus. I was expecting something like that to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and also just because, like... Why why do people love Tame Impala so much? I don't know. I I like I I I've watched live sets from them and I just I can't see it. It's not it's it's not exciting to me. I I just uh, yeah. <laughs> There's no excitement for me. I'm using the power of the internet to look something up very quickly. Okay. Um, just in relation to this, so let's vamp for a sec while I use the control F function. Using the control F function. So all right. How do, how do you? Okay, f- that's what I thought. Okay, so there. So speaking of like in and out of favor, right? So Tame Impala is there, but very easily if this list were even three or four years ago, uh, they would have been replaced by the Black Keys. Yeah. Who are not on here at all? No, they are. They are not on here. You know what's interesting though? There are two Little Wayne albums on here. I know. So uh, hmm, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. All right. All right. 
Brian, I, I think we've shit on this list enough. Um, uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's go to like five releases that we think people should own, and and I think we're like, I think we intentionally have the idea to pick things that you may not think of, and like albums that are on here, but you probably wouldn't think would be on here. Yeah, so uh, number five for me uh, is the one you just mentioned. So the Carter Three, Little Wayne. Um, his lyricism on there and the way that he presents songs, especially in songs like uh, Dr. Carter, are just like new ways of thinking about rap music in the popular sphere. Like he literally has a song in Dr. Carter about how to be a better rapper. Like that's kind of amazing. Yeah, no, that is. It's, uh, it's a meta fucking song craft right there. And I do appreciate that. I do appreciate it. It's also that. like a very messy, like, I don't know if you remember back in the day, but like there were a ton of mixtapes leaking a ton of like, uh, like the Carter three material. So even the stuff that ended up on the album is, is something of a miracle. I think. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree with you. Rob hit me. Um, number five for me is, um, Sheryl Crow's self-titled album. Hell yeah. That that album is an album none of you think about that is fucking amazing. I listened to it for the first time in like 15 years while I was at work today, and I completely forgot how fucking amazing that album is. Uh, you know, Every Day is a Winding Road, still just like an, an enjoyable fucking song to put on as you're walking down the street and you just want to have a good fucking day. Um if it makes you happy, man, holy fuck, that is, like, to me, that is the underappreciated bad girl anthem of the 90s. Just fucking, I, I love the energy she brought to that song, um, you know, just questioning what you're doing. If, you know, doing all this fucking stuff makes you happy, why the fuck are you so sad, you know, and... um <laughs> There is a song on here that appeared on a posthumous Johnny Cash album, and that is uh, Redemption Day, which she right. she did re-record uh, as a kind of a duet and released, I believe, last year. But uh, that that song, that album from like top to bottom, just full of fucking bangers. Kind of pissed that it's not available on vinyl. Cheryl Crow, we uh, need step it up. We need to talk. We need to talk. You got your new releases on vinyl. That album deserves vinyl love i will start pestering you on social media until it happens he will he will definitely do that yeah absolutely absolutely it's funny because when i think of sheryl i think of her her three album run so choose night music club uh the self-titled and globe sessions right because globe sessions had my favorite mistake yep uh there goes the neighborhood like a lot of like really banger tracks on there uh i mean like i will even own her like cover of sweet child of mine is fine yeah it's It's fine it's okay it's okay that is a very good pick, though. So number four for me is uh, an album that, with time, I actually like have grown to love more and more, and that is Janet Jackson's "The Velvet Rope." Oh yeah, oh fucking yeah! Like I, I even let the interlude slide, which is not something I usually do on on albums like this. Yeah, yeah. Now my dad was a huge Janet Jackson fan, and uh, fucking, uh, we had the tapes, Brian. We had the tapes. We had the CDs. <laughs> we fucking had it. So tracks like Go Deep, especially Empty, which is about internet love, which I thought was really, really fun because you get to hear the uh, the dial noises. And an internet love song in 1997 to me is just blowing my mind. Oh, yeah. Fuck, man. Um, I, 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 think, I don't think Janet Jackson gets a fair shake most of the time, mostly because I think that Super Bowl incident with Justin Timberlake, who got no backlash over that bullshit, which is bullshit. And, like, she hasn't really done anything. 
be- I really do think it's because of that one fucking incident because she was yeah. on the comeback and then, you know, this one fucking thing. And it's like, dude, what the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> it pisses me what off. You got? What's, what is your second choice, Rob? Uh, my second choice is uh, Pink Moon by Nick Drake. You really, How? you really can't go wrong with like, all right. So like the idea with Pink Moon is like, Nick Drake was at a bad point in his life. He cut these songs really quick, and then he went into a mental mental institution and died shortly after. So like, it it, it just kind of became this like I don't know his like last his last statement, you know, kind of, and uh, it's fucking super sad. The album art's really fucking dope, but like. A guy who never made an impact in in his living days, who has become this kind of cult figure, who released really only three albums. But uh, I see a lot of, like, Elliot Smith and Nick Drake, and I see them both as those kind of, like, tragic figures. And and music is full of them, but uh, fucking Pink Moon... It just I'm I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna tell you about it. Just go fucking listen to it. If you've never listened to Pink Moon, go fucking listen to Pink Moon. Here is uh, uh probably my second biggest hot take of the episode, but uh, my favorite Neil Young album is On the Beach. Do you love? Uh, are, is this like peak sad boy Brian? Yeah, absolutely. Like his the title track on there, uh, Revolution Blues. You know, talking about like uh, being paranoid and going to buy guns and shit. Like perfect. Like I love. This, like, nihilistic Neil Young here. Like, yes, of course, Harvest, Harvest Moon, etc. You know, everyone knows this is nowhere. That's fine. I enjoy a lot of his catalog. But to me, for some reason, On the Beach speaks to me on a personal level that his other records don't. So I just, I feel like it is a great placement at 311. But also, like, personally to me, it definitely speaks speaks to me. Fuck yeah, dude. Fuck yeah. I can, I can, I can understand how it would speak to you, Brian. Totally understand how it would fuck. Just yeah, check out Revolution Blues or the title track of On the Beach, and then just you know bum yourself out for a couple hours. Fucking, if you want to do the trifecta of bumming yourself out, just do it. Just fucking do it, <laughs> coward. You you can fucking handle it. Do it. Do it. Listen to him. Fucking listen to him. God damn it. Um. So, uh, my third choice is uh. Tracy Chapman's self-titled album. You Oh, that's a good one. You can't fuck man, there's an artist like debut album that uh would kind of disappear for like fucking almost a decade and then come back with like her biggest hit ever, but like um definitely socially conscious, definitely uh it's a precocious album because you're talking about an album from a gay artist who um, definitely talked about gay themes in her songs. They're there. Um, man, behind the wall is one of those. It, it, it's a it's a really short song about shit going down where you live and not wanting to call the police because they're gonna show up late and they're gonna blame you for it. So hmm. Um, hmm. in 2020, that's still on the fucking table. It still fucking applies. So have you? By the way, have you heard the new Marin Moore single? No. Okay, I'm I'm gonna get this right because I always screw the name up. But like, uh, uh, is it to Helen back? No, no, no. It's a new one that she put out on Friday. Uh, better than we found it. That was it. And she definitely uh, references uh, uh that 
kind of of uh, uh tableau in her in her music so it's it's pretty good song actually uh good there are uh, there are good country artists coming out and addressing this uh i think uh one of my favorites is uh eric church with uh stick that in your country song granted yeah he doesn't push the envelope as much as i'd like him to but at least he you know does touch on the main points yeah tyler Childers too yep so where yeah where are you at Florida Georgia Line where are you at you know um, yeah Brian do you really love your country right now do yeah, you step the fuck up yeah fucking Luke Bryan I I get it you phoned it in because you haven't gotten into the opera you think people don't take you seriously enough all you got is those chicks that want to touch your butt I get it but so here's here's a thought Robin this is just a legend and speculation but. Build me a daddy, tough like Superman, right? A uh, uh, an Aryan wet dream, perhaps some might describe him as. Do you think that Luke Bryan is just a secret, you know, white man espousing Western values? I think with like a, a song like "All People Are Good." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And his, his supposed sequel that's coming out later this year, uh, you know, "All Sides Are Right," which is not true. <laughs> Which is not a song he's putting out. I just I would love no, to imagine him writing no, that song. No, but uh, you can't you can't help but like you know fucking call that shit out when you see it. <laughs> <laughs> my number four pick uh, speaks to my like weird time in my late teens and early twenties when I was really into this type of music. So it is yes is closer to the edge. I loved seventies prog rock when I was in my late teens. You were all fucking about. It. I think late teens for most. Uh, adolescent males is uh definitely when you hit the psychedelia like really hard like really fucking hard some people don't get out of it but uh most of us find our way and we're fine sometimes we go back for a nostalgic trip uh maybe you you go meet up with your dealer he's your final dealer and you're like i need a hit of that good stuff right now and you know he he drops the needle and you're good you get that yeah you're good yeah though i would have i would have chosen uh fragile over uh, uh close to the edge though because of a uh, myriad number uh myriad uh, amounts of, of songs like roundabout south side of the sky and my favorite like proto metalish album uh cut heart of the sunrise i don't know if you know that one yeah. Rob, but it, it goes hard with the this like the the keyboard intro it really does it fucking brings it brian fucking brings it man God so yeah that's at number uh, 445 though i would put it somewhere in the, the 300s perhaps yeah you know uh definitely uh, interchangeable in that uh in that uh placement for sure for sure um my my next choice is um dig me out by slater kinney just like yeah which i was surprised he was on the list but also like super excited by yeah absolutely because that is like one of the best rock albums of the 90s and it doesn't get enough love uh i don't think slater kinney ever got enough love to be honest with you and even in their like post revival phase that they're kind of in here and there um fucking a just just an amazing group of musicians that fucking could melt your face off and yeah they're two they're two post reunion albums especially no city's love which is a particular favorite of mine are amazing like talk about like a great comeback yeah holy fuck just uh, like they don't miss they don't fucking miss at all ever they've never never fucking missed no and so i'm happy to see yeah i'm happy to see it there uh a lot of those are like late 2000 uh late 1990s early 2000s albums any their output could have ended up there there too though given on the quality yeah no totally fair totally fair all right my top 
release uh, involves two men, one keyboard, one very primitive drum machine, and uh, it clocks in at number 490 in this list. It is Suicide by Suicide. Really out there stuff that I really enjoy. Uh, you know, Martin Rev's vocals, Alan Vega, too, like uh, Alan Vega, Martin Rev, just amazing stuff. Two guys just creating a weird soundscapes out of New York. Um, you know, uh, uh, Rocket USA, right, uh, was most famously covered by the Smashing Pumpkins. Their uh, deluxe reissue has uh, this great final track that's just basically one of their shows from an earlier European tour that just falls apart and it just turns into chaos and there's fighting and the mics are left on the entire time. So it's a lot of fun to listen to a band get super confrontational with their fans very early on. But the music itself is super solid. It lays the foundation for a lot of the more experimental musical uh, to come, like things like Throbbing Gristle um, were kind of active at that time. But I feel like this was like the US's response to um, that kind of music. And I really, really enjoy it. It's fucking good. It's fucking good, period. Like, it... Um you know you haven't fucking listened to it folks you haven't been listening to it so brian just gave you something new to listen to yeah put it out in your ear hole guys put it in your fucking ear holes <laughs> yeah so go listen to ghost rider go listen to johnny go listen to uh frankie teardrop right which is uh oh, there's so much good stuff on there so much fucking great shit rob what's your last album for us give us give us the the nitty-gritty give us the you know the tough, the uh, fair, oh, the man. unloved. Oh, man. Um, I feel like this album was revolutionary for its time. It kind of ushered in a generation of music that is still, like, plentiful, that is still producing, like, amazing albums. It's full of raw fucking emotion. It's also full of, like like romance and love and, and all that good things and uh uh fever to tell by yeah yeah yes like oh I... it's just so fucking good from start to finish like when that album appeared in 2003 like it, you could not escape it on fucking MTV that the the video for maps was fucking everywhere because it was like one of the most beautiful things you've ever seen because this woman's just fucking getting emotional on, on, on fucking video for like, like three some odd minutes is so fucking good. But like, uh, the raw, just the rawness of that album, it, it just, it sounded new. It didn't sound like anything I'd heard before. And, uh, Fucking A, man. Fucking A. And it's definitely a step up because I remember being uh, a part of a really shitty college radio station um, at that point. And I remember just before this came out, um, they had put out a bunch of EPs, including one with the song Art Star, which is just Cameron O screaming art and yeah. star. Yeah. Which I really enjoyed for its chaotic kind of energy. But like, this was like next level when this came out. Yeah. No, it, it was absolutely fucking next level. And like, a song like Maps is so fucking unusual to say that it's like a karaoke staple now, but like you hear like a lot of people talking about how like how it's like the number one thing that they were perform at karaoke, which beats. Um, uh, this is a tip for everybody when they when you get it when fucking quarantine is over and you get back out there, stop fucking doing picture by kid rock and cheryl crow get out there and do fucking maps okay yes. maps yes. is amazing maps is uh, a fucking uh a beautiful love song 
about loving someone better than your audience will ever love you. So go forth and do that. Yeah, go forth and fucking do that. And you know what? When it's all over, right after that, let her cry. But Hootie and the Blowfish, she got to do it. (laughs) <laughs> uh, so funny you should bring up karaoke bars, Rob. They're they've been banned here in Quebec for uh, for a little while now. Like specifically, that was one of the first things to get banned um, um, from like congregating like uh, a month and a half ago. Is is karaoke big in Montreal? Karaoke is uh, subtly large, but unfortunately, it seemed as though a couple of outbreaks had occurred due to karaoke bars. Fucking karaoke bar? No, like come on, people! What the fuck? I know you want to be spread around your poor fucking takes on these amazing songs and the one person that can get up there and do that one Alana Miles song really good, okay? I get it. <laughs> you mean the, the American Idol staple, Black <laughs> yeah. Velvet. Black Velvet, yes. The, the absolute fucking staple. I know. I used to be a karaoke regular. I knew the people that could do that fucking song. I knew the guy that blew out his voice singing metal, and um, even after he had surgery, came back and blew it out again. Hell yeah. So, Rob, when were you, when were you haunting karaoke joints? Two from like two thousand nine to about two thousand eleven. Okay. Yeah, that's when I was a regular. Uh, you know, won first place. Uh, in uh my neck of the woods, you win karaoke by like not leaving and just staying around <laughs> until the end of the night. And you know what? You get like, I I, I won once fifty dollars for the best performance. I. Th- do believe it was for Let Her Cry, um, you know, because that fucking brings the house down every single time. You cannot fucking go to karaoke and not get hit in the feels when somebody does Let Her Cry. It's just a staple. I was, uh, so my college was attached to, um, uh, uh, like a, a mall by like an underground tunnel. And in there was a bar that became a karaoke bars on the weekends. And so from 2004, to 2005, even six ish, like on the weekends, we'd congregate there and we'd just like get real drunk and just do our thing. That's, that's amazing. Brian, I've just received an email and it's from, uh, the artist known as Lindsay L. I don't know if you've ever heard her music. She's a uh, country artist. She's actually pretty good. She, uh, uh, I did compare her to BB King once because seeing her live, she can fucking slam on that guitar. And she sent me an email that says, "Do you have anything? Do you have something to say?" And I, I've been saying shit all this fucking episode. But um, yeah, uh, I so I just it's, t- share. It's, it's time to synthesize that into an email. Yeah, it is time yeah. to synthesize like an episode of material into an email. Rob, uh, one last thing before we depart. Speaking of karaoke, uh, our last, uh, not so hot take, but uh, a very firm opinion on this. Machine Gun Kelly covering Paramore's Misery Business was a real piece of shit. Uh, like, okay, um, if you don't have the vocal chops to do this and you change nothing about the song, it it's flat it's bad it's it's fucking bad um all right we got to get into it brian we got to get into uh we got to get into this machine gun kelly um just <laughs> what it was called like my greatest downfall or whatever yeah uh, tickets to my downfall that's it yeah tickets to my downfall it's machine gun kelly still kind of doing the rap thing but he does emo and pop punk now yeah, produced by Travis Barker. Produced by Travis Barker. Uh, it definitely, Travis Barker brought that fucking production to the table. Um, okay. 
to um, me the the track with Halsey's okay the track with Hal- the, like fucking her vocal performance on it is fucking uh, amazing i loved it i love that um i i did enjoy uh bloody valentine i yeah, I, I think yeah. that's a good song i think the title track the the opener is actually a really good song i thought it was going to set in motion what i was going to get on the album and by and large it kind of did but a little bit it did not um a concert for aliens was super confusing yeah it was very confusing i is that just like a dig at tom DeLong? what are we doing here what are we doing here okay just uh make your intentions known um i i did enjoy the sweetness of uh play this when i'm gone um yeah yeah there's 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 that um there's the really short track that I just look up, but uh, World War Three was like a, a a decent stab at like a uh, uh, fake hardcore. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, here here's my here's my take on this. Um, when you do when you're an artist, you veer into different territory. There's generally two ways that these things go. You embrace you either embrace the con- concept so much by what you've listened to that it sounds fucking generic, or you don't embrace it enough. You don't really want to like fucking ruin this thing you love. So you just kind of dip your toe in and you kind of sound a little bit like Rocky, but you ultimately like suck and it doesn't yeah, sound this like is a, this is dilettante pop punk. Yeah, it, 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 it totally is. It totally is. And uh, I think a lot of it has to do with his voice. I don't think his, um, even even in the world of pop punk where you don't have the greatest voices behind the mic, it, Machine Gun Kelly just doesn't have the voice for this type of no, music. No, he, he has an exceptionally limited range, right? Which yes. the songs don't always fit into. No, no, they, they don't. I don't blame a guy for trying, but it, it, it's, it's just not good. It's, it's not... It's it's not good. I don't I don't think it's bad either though. That's the thing. No, that's the thing. It just it just it, it is. It yeah. exists. It it exists in the world. It's its own like demi plane. Okay. It, you can <laughs> you can like get stuck in it if you want to. This is the curse of Strahd of fucking you know uh, albums right now. It, it 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 exists and it's fine that it exists. It's fine if you like it. I I don't have problem with people who like it, but like. Like ease ease up the ones that are saying like this is the worst shit they've ever heard. No, correct. No, I I have heard there's far worse out there. That Green Day album is much worse than this. <laughs> yes, absolutely not. That was actually a point I was gonna make thinking about like recent big like pop punk albums. That is definitely 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 way worse than Machine Gun Kelly's attempt at at, at doing this. Yeah, no, and and I think Travis Barker did save him a little a little bit. Uh, yeah, on that end, you know, Rob, I'm checking the uh, the gas gauge on our moped and sidecar, and it's reading empty. So I think this is a good place to end this episode of the Coda. Do you know where people can find us? Yeah, absolutely. If you want to send us an email, thecodacast at gmail.com. Uh, we are the Coda Podcast over on Twitter, and we are uh, Coda underscore Podcast on Instagram. Just just hit us up. Uh, we tried but- to get uniform <laughs> user accounts, but that did not work out. So. No, it, it also doesn't help that there was also another Coda Podcast uh, that was inactive, and we just said, fuck y'all, we're taking it. Correct, dead and buried. Yeah, you're done. Done. Rob, it's been a pleasure. And uh, to our listeners out there, as always, make sure to keep the cans on. Yeah.